Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Marie, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Sean. I hope you're keeping well. Ah, not too bad. We'll start with the weather, as we always do. Uh, has it been as bad as was predicted? No, it hasn't really. We, we've had, you know, we had a heavy wet day. I believe it's um, it's uh, raining back in Ballybunion at the moment, but we're clear. We're only about 30 miles from there. So it's, you know, the, the clouds are, are heavy, but it hasn't rained an awful lot. And really what has come, particularly in the southeast and the south um, and the Midlands, has been more than welcome because we were really facing into drought conditions. And they'd probably actually look for a bit more rain. I know that wouldn't be popular with everybody on their holidays, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, uh, there's, you know, farm work is on target. Everything is getting done. Second crop silage is being cut. Um, the harvest is going well. Um, a lot of dry, crispy hay gone into sheds. So, you know, not not bad. And when when you've got the winter's, next winter's fodder safely secured, that's a huge relief to people. And, um, you know, everything is kind of settled down now. And it's a time on a farm to take a few days off Uh and, and really, any farmer who doesn't take a few days off wants their head examined. They needed to reboot their energy and to just give them time with their families and time to see another bit of the country. Yeah. And they, also, it's time for to do your safety catch up. You know, it's a good chance. Times aren't as busy. They'll be getting busy again, you know, October time. Um, and there's a chance now to do all that catch up work. And take a break and take a rest. Yeah, would see a bit. Say the would cereal be harvested around this time of the year? Or is that? Yeah, there's um, now there's a cereal is a. It's like kind of saying teachers. You know, you've got so many different yes. types of teachers, and in cereal, it's the very same. You know, you have your oats and your organic oats, and you have you have winter barley and winter wheat and spring barley. So, in their turn, they're all getting harvested on time. Um, and, and yields seem to be quite good. So, you know, it's um, it, it, you don't hear farmers complaining at the moment. And the only people who possibly are complaining are those who are in a traffic queue. We were down in um, southwest Kerry ourselves for a day, down to, went down to visit Derry Nan, the Derry Nan estate, fabulous place, actually really gorgeous. And the countryside was gorgeous. But there was a lot of people, a lot of farmers drawn bales, and there was lots of queues of traffic behind them and really and truly you know I know we travelled one stretch of road for a good bit behind the tractor and bale trailer and there was nowhere for him to pull in there really wasn't um, I, I actually pitied him more than anything else because he was doing his best to let people pass <laughs> but you know a long trailer like that and a big tractor on narrow small roads uh, there, there aren't the pulling in places and you know the, the traffic was absolutely like kind of you know the red cow roundabout on five o'clock on a Friday <laughs> evening. Um, you know, it was an enormous amount of traffic. So people are certainly staycationing. But the other thing that's happening and would happen to be happening now is we'd be all absolutely up to high dough about the Tullamore show, second Sunday in the month, in the month of August. And uh, of course, that's cancelled and uh, for the second year running. So that's a hard one to take. And locally here in, in Capmore, the Capmore show would have been on the, the same time, more or less. And um, and I just really like to remember the late, great Paddy Ryan Luke, who was the show secretary for 60 years, and he died recently. And 
you know, Paddy, Paddy was just an, an absolute gentleman, a, a complete and utter gentleman. And he did all his correspondence. And it's a big show. And there is an amount of correspondence that starts the day after the show and runs for the whole year. And he did every bit of it in beautiful handwriting. Mm. And I'm so grateful for the couple of times where he would have sent me a little note, handwritten note, saying, you know, whatever I'd said on the radio about something he he uh, he agreed with me and well done and you know I really really appreciated those notes. So I know an awful lot of people around the country through the Charlie Society and through the Show Society will know Paddy Ryan Luke and will ha- will be happy to remember him coming up to this show. Ah, oh, God! All right, uh, R.I.P. There uh, and but there are those uh, some sales still going on though in, in uh, for um, well, Oh yeah, well now we we talked about this when you were out, Tom and. Uh, yeah, sheep sales are big at the moment. They're always big at the moment. And they kind of start bank holiday weekend. But, I mean, I don't know what got into the heads of the people above in Blessington Mart um, on Monday. Um, the Suffolk, the... the uh, ah, damn it. Yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do, though. Uh, are you back? No. She's yes, gone. I'm here. Oh, you're yes. gone. Sorry, no. It was a beautiful line at the start there, and then it just started, you know, dropping out. Anyway, we'll pr- right. we'll plow on and uh, uh, pardon the pun we'll and ho- ho- hope it's still right. working. Anyway, yes. Yeah, uh, but anyway, the Suffolk Sheep, the Southern branch of the South of Ireland branch branch of the Suffolk Sheep Society, held its premier sale in Blessington on Monday, and there were record breaking prices achieved. And the top price of the day, listen to this: a ram lamb. Bred by Richard Thompson from Lifford in County Donegal, made an a magnificent forty-four thousand euro. Righty, forty-four thousand euro. Now the, the the ram comes from a great bloodline and it was bought by Dennis Taylor, who runs the Bally and the Cannon flock above in County Derry. And um, up to Monday, Monday that price, the best Suffolk price ever sold in Ireland was thirty-one thousand, and that was back in two thousand and fifteen. And the top price sheep priced sheep of any breed any breed at all was a textile ram which made 38,000 in 2006 so you know it just shows these are people who are specialists at this absolute specialists and um, and, and people go to see the stock like there were more than there was a I think it was about 140 164 lots altogether and 46 of them made over a grand and 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 a big number of them were for export, forty one of them. So for Ireland to be building up a reputation with pedigree stock is really very good. And and at that sale there were buyers from Holland, France, Spain, Portugal, and Belgium. But uh, but you know a ram making that price, his progeny then probably would go on and make good money as well. And you know you get rapid payback from it. But um, yeah, it's a it's a real kind of niche area breeding pedigree livestock and really truly they do nearly you know they take up so much time and knowledge involved in in breeding for you know the the, the market when you're wanting these kind of practices yeah indeed now uh, uh, to, uh, to move to the uh, east of the country and the the, uh, the the grounds of the RS which effectively I suppose is the Phoenix Park people that know there are deer yeah. there there there's more than that there though 
Well, there there is, and the it's there's the, the the Phoenix Park as we know it. I don't know, is there a thousand acres or something in that? There's an awful lot in that. But the one the the Arsenucteron lands runs to about 130 acres, and the Phoenix Park itself is very well known for the deer, and you know you can see them there at all times of the year. But the Arsenucteron piece of land is home to a couple of Connemara ponies, and um, some beehives, and of course the president's dogs. But now it's going to get a new set of residents, and that's a Dexter cattle herd. Now, Dexter cattle are um, there. They're being put in there um, to help improve the diversity, and they're due to arrive in September. And what they're going to do is they're going to graze the paddocks. They're really known as uh, good browsers. So they'll graze the rough ground and rough paddocks, and, um, and they should be there until December, depending on the grass availability. Now, these are very small cattle. They're about half the size of Herefords. People would know maybe the red, mm. kind of red and white Herefords. And they're about a third of the size of your average Holstein Frisian dairy cow. Um, they originated in the southwest of the country and they're known as the poor man's cow. So anyway, <laughs> they're moving into the Aris and uh, so they're really going up the, the, the value chain. And the aim is to create, it was... Um, it was a part of a diversity audit requested by President Higgins two years ago. And the aim is to create a naturally diverse grasslands that would support a bigger range of insects, birds and mammals. So, you know, to be fair to them now, they're, they're, it's, it's nice to see the Dexters. They were in danger of extinction, but they have four breeders down around the southwest who've kept the breed alive. And now, you know, it's going into the Aris. And um, so, fair dues. All right, okay. Uh, uh, Moving up in the world uh, for them. And uh, even though I suppose it might might be, well, it might have been on people's minds a few weeks ago, uh, but the danger of fires is still ever present. Well, these are a particular type of fire. I was saying earlier that, you know, you had the hay trailers out and about and lots of stuff being brought into sheds. And I remember as a little girl, and because of oh, mother of God, the dangers we put ourselves in. But you'd load up a big trailer of hay, and then, of course, you know, you'd have to tie it down with ropes. And what did all the kids do then? All of the kids went up to the top of the, 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 the trailer of hay and sat on the top bales and went bounding down the fields <laughs> to bring it into the sheds. And then, of course, the, the work with a square bale of hay, you know, you have to make the bales, you have to stand them up. There's a particular way of doing it. You have to stook them. Then you have to load them onto the trailers. Then you have to take them off the trailers. Then you have to load them into the sheds. And then you'll have to load them back out to the animals when the time comes. So there's an awful lot of handling in small bales. But one of the things, they have a deadly, um, you know, literally spontaneous bust. And I can remember as a kid getting this caramelly smell coming out of the hay shed and seeing smoke and we having to dismantle the whole lot of the hay as fast as we possibly could before the whole lot went up in flames. So it has a danger of doing it. And the Northern Ireland um, Fire and Rescue Service are issuing some timely advice because they've had a couple of incidences of it in the past month. Um, it can, this spontaneous fire can occur within six weeks of baling your hay. And if, the, if, if it has anything above um, about, about 15% of moisture in it, it'll heat for about two or three, or within two or three days, but it still should be okay. But the problems go if it gets too much hotter it runs the risk of spontaneous combustion. And you need to check, you know, watch out for that kind of 
caramelly or a mustardy smell or a, a musty smell. Um, watch out if the temperature goes too high. Uh, you'd have to dismantle the whole stack and make sure to store all hay away from any fuels, away from any chemicals and, and, and at the top away from any electrical fittings or light fittings. So um, just be aware of it. It has been happening. There's been a number of cases around the country and, and just look out for it. Just because it's safety in the shed doesn't mean it's safe. Jeannie Mac, yeah, it's astonishing that can happen. Uh, and yeah, uh, but I've seen it. I've actually seen it happen, you know. Yeah. And um, and all that work that goes into getting a a, a, a load of hay into a shed, small bales into a head, into a shed, and then for this to happen, so it needs just need to keep an eye on it, keep a check on it. And um, there's, there's mo- heat monitors you can get and moisture monitors that if you have any doubts about it. So be sure to be sure. Uh, right. And the Farm uh, Road Fund has doubled. What is, what's a farm road? Yes. Now, the farm roads, well, it's, it's roads. It's, it's a really about a, a lot of it is about access to national monuments. Um, down here now in Limerick, we have Nocfirna. And there's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not a public road going up to it. You know, it's a kind of a, a trackway, whatever. And and that's the kind of road that would be improved. And I would think a lot of this came about because of people being out and about more in the countryside and out and about more visiting monuments and, you know, old castles and all the rest of it. And the roads are pretty miserable going to these places in a lot of cases. Um, you know, nowhere to for two car to pass each other, overgrown ditches, just, you know, big potholes. So that's part of the thing. So I, I would think that, you know, what Hazel Humphreys, um, that, you know, that fair dues to her, it's a, it's a double of an allocation up to 21 million euro. So it's no chicken feed, it's substantial. But the other thing would be, you know, where there's maybe long laneways down into farms and there's no nobody living on the laneway. and But still people have to go up and down it. And it would just be so difficult to keep maintained. So privately, so there, I think some of it would probably go to that, but I think it's more for the whole tourist sector and um, to make access to monuments and lakes and mountains easier. Yes, for yeah, I- indeed. Uh, now, uh, the corn, we've mentioned the corn, Craig, before the numbers are up. We are, and Jeannie, for the, I think this must be the first time I've ever, or maybe the second time, where you can actually say there's a nearly a bounce in the step of the people who are looking after the corn, corn craig and the joint work being done by the wildlife service and by the local authorities and by farmers and by the likes of Chagask and anybody else who has any hand in it, you know, fair dues to them. If it works with the, with the corn craig, it'll work with everything else. So yeah, there's a very good outlook now. Well, a good outlook is more precise, I suppose, in core areas of Mayo, Galway and Donegal. And um, so far this year, there's been at least 185 calling male corncrakes recorded by the National Parks and Wildlife Service. Now, that's up nearly 40 on last year, which is massive now. They're the best numbers we've had in five years. And Galway is good, 21 birds. And they've also returned to Torbett Island for the first time since 2017. They're also back on Clare Island after breeding there last year for the first time in 20 years. And there's at least 43 in Mayo and in Donegal and the islands, 74 spotted so far. So um, 
a lot of this has been put down to, again, the staycationers, the people who are out and about in the countryside and taking a note of these things, recording it and putting that information into the, the Parks and Wildlife Service. So fair dues to the people who are doing all of that. And from the farmer's perspective, one of the main measures that they're doing um, to help the situation is is to cut from the centre. If they're cutting crop hay or silage, to cut it, well, it, delayed cutting is one of the first things anyway. You're not doing it half as early as anyone else. Um, and then to have it um, to cut from the centre outwards. So that way, if there's corn crakes in the meadow, they're able to make their escape because you're cutting from the inside out. Mm. And then also to leave about a two metre wide strip around the field edges. And that's another escape route for the corn crakes. And, and that's been happening and it's bearing fruit and per local participation and participation of the staycationers is also helping. And these are provisional numbers. There's still more counting to be done. So we don't know exactly what the overall figure will be yet. Right. So, you know, it's good news. It is good news. And, and you know, it has been, I suppose, a pretty good summer uh, uh, for farmers in Ireland, but not so we, much we on... Really we can't complain, yeah. unlike our colleagues in other parts of the world. Yeah, it, it, it's been horrific, I imagine, in, in uh, where the floods were in, in Belgium and Germany. Yeah, when we were going through the heat wave, my God almighty, what was happening in Belgium and Germany was very, very serious. Um, most of the flood area was hit in, you know, it hit tillage and cereal crops in the grown grain growing, the grain growing areas. And um, some of the crops were underground, underwater for only a few hours. But others were an awful lot longer, you know, for days underwater. And they're not, you can't salvage them, they're gone. And dairy farms as well, the province of Liège in, um, I think that's in Belgium, um, that's a big dairy area anyway. But there, the electricity cuts um, have meant it's been very difficult to get cows milked. The availability of clean water for them to drink is another issue. And um, farmers have received support from the government in terms of being able to move livestock between farms and onto other farms. And other farmers have helped out with feed, like they do here when we hit those situations of floods or whatever. Um, and, you know, fodder has also been transported in. But before they can even look at amending or really doing anything much for the the ag industry, they have to look after the people. And there's still so much of a a terrible impact of it with over, you know, 200 people missing or dead. And yeah. um, it just shows, you know, when we talk about weather and, you know, we give out a bit of rain, about a bit of rain here, you know, the, the, the weather instances around the world have been very, very strong. And particularly in Europe with that um, terrible storms in, in Germany and Belgium. Yeah, indeed. Mairead, thanks a million uh, uh, as ever. Uh, that's uh, Mairead Lowry there uh, in Limerick, the old uh, internet line more or less held up during the course of that. Uh, you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. Neanderthal art. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.